Well, hello everyone and welcome. You are listening to The Parenting Collective, formerly known as The Baby Sleep Sessions. I'm your host, Donna Mawala, the founder of Bob to Sleep. I'm a certified paediatric sleep specialist working with expectant parents, newborns, infants, toddlers and children up to seven years of age here in Perth, Australia-wide and all around the world. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, beautiful families, and welcome to this week's podcast. I've been a little bit quiet on my podcast because when I'm having um, life seasons, sometimes I just can't hop on a potty and feel like my normal self. So, you know, I like to share my stories and be authentic, and I think um, people follow and watch people on their podcasts and their Instagram and think everything's rosy and um, life sometimes and quite often in my life throws me curly. So I'm always very passionate about sleep and helping families, but um, often I can't be regular with these things because um, life, but that's okay. We're uh, in a good spot at the moment. So I thought I'm going to share all my potties that have been recorded, which is fantastic. So today I'm again, always super excited to be able to share with you Natasha Telfer. So I first met her when I went to an incredible women in business seminar uh, in Sydney at the beginning of the year, middle of the year. I was um, a finalist in the awards there, uh, which is was so much amazing fun. And Natasha um, was a guest speaker there. So she shared her incredible story um, about her life, her journey as a mum, juggling mama. Oh my gosh, this lady is incredible. And was I'm so honoured to have her on today to share a little bit of her story. Um, she's a Canberra-based mum, wife, sister, daughter, businesswoman, entrepreneur, and as she calls herself, juggler and perpetual ball dropper, chaos coordinator, love that, silver lining seeker and kindness advocate. Her career is absolutely incredible with what she's done in aged care, disability, acquired brain injury. Um, She's just incredible with all of that. But I really wanted her to talk about her journey as when she was a teenager and um, she is a cancer survivor and her life journey through that as becoming a mother and all the obstacles that she has hurdled over in life. She's such a beautiful, incredible woman. I hope you enjoy today. Have a lovely week. Bye. Well, this morning, I'm so excited to have Natasha here um, to share her amazing life story and um, what she likes to title as surviving to thriving, which I think is fantastic. Um, And welcome, Natasha. Hello. Thank you for having me. Very excited. So like we were just having a little chat before we started, wanting to sort of share your backstory, backstory, why you are where you are, and uh, most importantly, that you you are now an author and you Mm -hmm. have a book that is in pre-sale, which I have purchased but can't wait to read. Um, So yeah, so tell us about all of your life stories and why and how you are where you are. Gosh, it's a long one. Uh, <laughs> um, so I suppose I, I feel like my life really started at 19 or 18. Um, I went out one night with all my friends, um, too much to drink, living my best 18-year-old life, far um, too much to heal up and woke up the next morning extremely unwell. I thought it was just the hangover of my life. <laughs> um, bit of Googling um, and I, I titled it um, Tequila Flu. Mm. Um and I kind of grew up um, with my mum being a stiff upper lip palm and my dad being an islander, she'll be right type attitude <laughs> um, that, you know, unless there was a bone sticking out or you're dying, you'll be right. You don't yeah. get a Band-Aid. We didn't have a first aid kit in our home, any of that jazz. Yeah. So a few weeks passed by, a few months passed by. I'm still really unwell. 
my weight started to drop and I think I lost about seven to 10 kilos in one wow. week. Oh. And that finally drew the attention of my oh mum to kind of go, oh, Crazy. Had you been sick or any symptoms? I mean, you were young, so you're probably fighting through it. But did you have any symptoms looking back before your tequila flu? Uh, I, I think so. Like yeah. I, we thought I had diabetes, but I oh. feel like the, the big night out really just shifted everything over. and, yeah, and yeah. tipped everything over. Um, so I'd wake up with um, night sweats and excessive thirst yeah. or or just really shaky in the morning, like I needed to eat something straight away. I couldn't even have a shower without having breakfast. Right. Um, and being an Islander and um, it bit running my family, diabetes was more yeah. than likely going to be it. So it was kind of one of those, oh, I know what it is. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. Um, mind you, I'd never had a GP because <laughs> you'll be right. Um, so it wasn't until my mum kind of said, wait a minute, 10 kilos isn't great. You need to go to the doctor. I kind of went, oh, mm. oh. Wait, what? Yeah. Mum thinks there's something wrong with me. I must be um, serious. So, yeah, absolutely. So off we tried, found myself a GP and she was just beyond amazing. She took my file with my permission um, home. She'd call me from her home number, ask me all my symptoms and side effects. Um, and then I think it was probably another two weeks worth of testing, back and forth, back and forth. I went in for a biopsy um, and it was diagnosed with nodular sclerosing Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, my Yes. Um, so, yeah, so wow. it was in my my Ooh. neck, my shoulders, my underarm, my lungs, uh, my sternum, my di- mm. like my diaphragm, um, my hip joints, my spine and my bone marrow. Oh, my gosh. And, Wow. Wow, to have it, I mean, you wonder, how you, which you'll probably never know, but you wonder how long it was, you know, in there before it got to yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't. And I had a few health things going on at the right. time, and yeah. it's just this medical mystery. They don't know what happened yeah. when or first or how yeah. or yeah. if one of those things happened because of the cancer or if the cancer progressed so yeah. quickly because of the other things. It was yeah. just this weird anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so I went through all of that, did all the treatment and everything, um, and it, I guess it kind of really shook me because I kind of, it really woke me. I just thought, I haven't lived yet. I can't, I can't die yet. I, I was graded stage 4B. Mm. Um, Which to is me, I, really know, the highest? Yeah. I, I thought stage 4 was the highest. Stage yeah. 4B is it. Um, oh. you're, you're months away from death. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I had no idea. I, I, I was like, okay, cool. Is there a 100? Is there 10 stages? So yeah. What am I looking at? They're yeah. like, no, no, there's four and you're already 4B. Wow. Um, so Shocking. I was diagnosed on a Friday, shoved straight into chemo on Monday because time wasn't on my side. Yeah. Um, so freezing eggs and whatnot was an option. But then when we found out the severity of it, that was removed off the table for me. They just said, yeah. you don't have time for that either. Um, and I kind of just thought, oh, I'm 19. I don't want kids. All good. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm too yeah. cool for that. Um, and kind of shook it off. And it was during all of that, I kind of realized, holy crap, what have I done with my life? I know mm. I'm only, I just turned 19, but I'm like, this is really sad. If I die now, like I've done nothing. Yeah. Um, and my idea of, of purpose of life back then was so primitive, just, mm. but aren't I just supposed to grow up and get married and have kids? Like, obviously yeah. I still work and everything, but I didn't know what that looked like. I just mm. knew that kids was in, in my future. Um, and then halfway through chemo, it, it just, I'd had enough. It got really hard and I wanted to give up and I prayed to the universe, to Buddha, to God, to whoever was listening that if, if you just let me survive this, I promise I'll still be a dead end. Um, I had this really warped, um, sense of reality that the universe had given me this 
disease mm-hmm. to weed out the weak um, mm-hmm. and I effectively was supposed to die. But then I've right. used man-made medicine to defy those odds. Mm-hmm. I know this sounds really wacky. No, <laughs> Bear no, I love this stuff. I love it. <laughs> I mean, you don't um, want the universe to give you cancer for sure, but, you know, if there's <laughs> some way to look at it, then I think that's yeah. not right. Um, it, it's the only way I could justify it. Um, and it had given me this thing and I'd use man-made medicine to defy that. So mm. the outcome of that was that I wouldn't be able to have children. So I'm yeah. still, the universe still wins. I'm still yeah. a dead end. Right. And I, I promised, you know, every every living element in the world, yes, if you let me live, I'll, I'll, I'll give up my right to have children because I promise oh. I'll still be that dead end. Yeah. Um, and I believed that. How awful uh, that you felt that. If you think on reflection, like how awesome you are, um, you know, again, I say that, you go, yeah, sure I am. But I should have probably said, and I'll say it in the intro, that, you know, you were a guest speaker at the Oz Mumpreneur Awards and, you know, you are you are amazing. So I can't believe you were telling yourself that. I mean, you were only 19, so. <laughs> yeah, and, well, it's a belief that stuck with me and it's like when they talk, people talk about that inner critic. Yeah. If it's not something that you would say out loud, yes. you know it's probably not true and I don't I obviously gave it no thought back then but it's not something that I shared because I knew it sounded really ridiculous and I thought it was probably a fast way ticket to getting myself locked up in a mental health place um so I I kept that inside um met my husband um how old were you when you met your husband so I was 20 when I met him oh my gosh so like really Oh, sorry, 25 25 when I met him um yeah yeah so cancer and everything was was done but he knew that kids was probably not not on the cards, but for the first time, I finally found someone that. Wait a minute, can I recant on that negotiation yeah. now? I yeah. think I want these. Yeah, um, but what, what's going to happen if I do this? So, yeah. we went down the path of IVF. Um, six years of IVF before we were blessed with it, uh, my daughter, and I truly believe it's because I held on to that mentality. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's wow. Just, every every miscarriage that I'd, I would fall pregnant every round of IVF and really? inevitably miscarriage, and I truly was mm. thought. That mindset. This is, this is God's, uh, you know, the universe, God, whatever. This, this is. Yep. This is what I promised. Yeah. Um, and we were in Wollongong going because we'd been double booked for yep. for IVF clinic. Um, we normally go, were going to a Sydney clinic, and they double booked us, so they asked me to go to Wollongong, and I just had my eggs harvested, had my little hospital band on, and decided to go for some lunch before we we're going to drive back to Canberra. And walking through David Jones, I decided I needed a watch. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> this, this um cosmetics lady came over to to serve me because there was nobody there. And she said, Oh, how are you going? What are you doing today? She's like, Oh, have you been unwell? Because she saw my band. And I'm terrible at lying. So and we hadn't told anybody that we we're doing this round because we decided last round, that's it. Yeah. Very very, you know, um black and white with it. If it's not meant to be, this is our last go. We've done six years. Yeah, we'll so move yeah. on. We've got everything else in life. Yep. Um, I don't want to dwell on what we don't have for the rest mm. of our life either. Yep. So last round, and she just caught me off guard. So I found myself just blurting out, Telling her well, anything. I made this promise to the world. And, <laughs> and, oh. and she turned and said to me, because you think that means that you are the one person that is probably the most deserving. That's not true mm. at all. And for the first time ever, this complete stranger was able to make me go, wait a minute, there, there is hope, there is chance, there is this yeah. glimmer of possibility. Um, and lo and behold, 
Got along me. with a lot of science, um, the doctor that we had been double booked to to see had got shifted to Wollongong. The doctor that had done my egg harvest had actually studied in, specialised in infertility, and he asked to put my round on hold. So he froze those eggs that he extracted that day, um, did a little further research, and we found out that it wasn't actually the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband was the person with infertility oh, issues. It's his fault. It's um, his fault. Yeah, and I literally sat in that room when he told us, like, what oh, yeah. giggling my little heart out and I'm like so it's not me it's him and and the specialist is like oh well, it's not about blame I'm like, whoa, whoa 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 hold on <laughs> give me this yeah just give me this for a moment <laughs> I thought it's since the age of 19 that yeah. I couldn't you're telling yeah. me I can wow. and he can't um but then the most ironic thing on top of all of that was the issue that we had there, there was no um, cure for effectively, sure. um, except for this doctor. This doctor had studied oh. this exact issue in black bears yeah. and had published his his study and figured in out Australia. how to, wow. how to cure it. Um, published published all his findings and whatnot. And the reason why it wasn't being diagnosed is because it's not covered under the Medicare. Wow. Um, cap for IVF. So a lot of people don't do that testing. So we paid for it out of pocket. I mean, it was a couple hundred dollars. Yeah identified what it was and he's he just said i can fix this and you don't even need to pay or do anything or take anything just instead so of abstaining do you, you mind, just need to um do you mind saying what it was in case someone hears this and they're having the same problem and their husband if it's fixable yeah absolutely so it was it's the dna fragmentation um so there's a level it's meant to be between usually i think uh, like Four and and twenty is mm-hmm. is your safe normal range, and my husband was sixty nine, okay. um, and he was like, "Do you work in nuclear oh. power plants or something, yeah. or in the air force? Because this is ridiculously high." Right. And he didn't. Yeah. Um, and black bears. His research in black bears was that when they hibernate for six months, their sperm is is kind of sat in the waiting bay in a way. So explain the sperm like a taxi. If you keep it, you, you keep it working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you cut cut the head off the the taxi, the DNA inside is the taxi driver, and while it's sitting in the waiting bay, it's sitting there getting drunk, oh. so it's not receiving the nutrients that it oh. needs. So by flushing the system out, you're keeping them busy. No. They don't get time to basically that become toxic. Is really, I would think most men would think that that's not a bad way of yeah, yeah. Of course, my husband didn't. So my that's um, right. Oh. My doc- my doctor said go home. Um, have sex for seven days straight, then repeat the test. And he's rubbing his hands together. Mm. Okay. It's crazy. Um, it lowered down to about, I think, 24 or something. So no. still had a few more. Um, and he said, right, we're right to go. He's like, you could fall naturally now, but wow. given you've wasted six years of your life, let's just do IVF. We did ICSI just to remove every yeah. possible element yeah. now. Give yeah. us our best chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and went to start my injections. Is like, oh, you're starting tomorrow too. And he's like, okay. I'm like, you're going to do 10 days. He's like, okay. I'm like, yeah. but I'm having injections. Yeah, so, so you're you on your own. Yourself. Yeah. You can yeah. do it yourself, 10 days. Oh, that yeah. is gold and then it came down to i think it dropped down to about four so wow the, the safest it could possibly I hope be someone hears this lo and behold wow. i only had one egg so then negative thoughts again there's only one it's not going to work it's not going to work it only takes one and by god my daughter today is the most stubborn thing i know why she was the only one <laughs> she was determined <laughs> absolutely I, that's so mind-blowing and and mm-hmm. thing like again sharing these stories because you know i hope that one person you know, sadly, you know, that they might be going through IVF, but it could be something like that. Yeah. I remember my, one of my good friends, I actually, this was years and years ago, 
she uh, they were trying same years and years and years and years lots of miscarriages and I said um you know that I said out I would surrogate don't know if I would actually have done that it would have been a big thing but I just thought they really needed a baby and again same thing I, I ended up being pregnant with my baby and the um obstetrician mentioned progesterone pessaries and I went has anyone said this and they had years and years five six years it was progesterone pessary when she was pregnant and they they kept the baby like the baby stuff. I mean, that's yeah, big. that's not a big thing, is it? Like, no. And like that's um, crazy, mind blowing. Yeah. Well, that's Absolutely. exciting. How old's your daughter now? Uh, five, going on fifteen. Yes. Well, good yes. luck to that because I do have a fifteen. <laughs> and a yes. Um, but you know the thing is, we talk about that too. Like, if she is stubborn, little firecracker, she's always going to be. And yeah. you know, it's just like, how do you? parent that yeah she's a hustler yeah <laughs> and she will always be one <laughs> but then you think about you know everything you've been through and you think about what you were like as probably a teenager kid and you're like mm, probably going to make a little child that's a firecracker yes yeah really? absolutely oh that's absolutely. exciting so that's so exciting and a, and a really beautiful story so um so yeah what's her name cadence 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 yeah gorgeous so you had cadence and then what was your next so when I was pregnant with Cadence, we'd also started up our own company. So once I finished chemo and everything, I decided I, I needed to do something with my life. I needed to make it matter. So I enrolled myself 10 days after um, my last chemo into um, community care and I wanted to do something with, with giving back to the community somehow. Yep. Um, got into aged care, did disability, worked at acquired mm. brain injury unit. Yeah. Um, I was working for a nursing agency when the boss at the time asked me if I wanted to go halves with her in starting up a community care company. So we did. Yeah. Um, so, that I, that now? so that was 2015. We started National Community Care. Wow. Um, it was standing. Um, I was doing everything. Yes, this is HR. Yes, this yes. is client intake. Yes, yes, yes I'll be, I'm five minutes away from your house to give you that service. Yeah. Um, Amazing. As, as we all do. And then I just thought, well, this business is growing. So that was, that was my first thing. Like, this business is growing too fast. I think we need to try that last round of IVF. So we okay. did that yep. um, in line with the business. And then so Katie's grown up with the business. Yep. Um, and we continued to run that, providing supports to our most vulnerable in Canberra here. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think it was in 2018, 17, we were approached to assist with um, de a development of a special needs house for some participants that were living in hospital. Mm. Um, collectively, they were living in hospital for 18 years combined because there was nobody to provide them the care that they needed um, because it was too clinical for everybody. I, I mean, that it. blew my mind, you know, like you, you talk about that in a sentence, but when you explain that at the seminar, like that these people's home addresses were, were was the hospital. Yeah. These people have what's it called? The tra they have a tracheostomy, yeah, tracheostomy, and they can't leave the hospitals because no one can care for them. So they've been in hospital some of them for eighteen years. Yeah, yeah, Crazy. and it's just it's not a stat that's published. Um, no. how many people live in, in hospital? No. Um, they they openly publish them about people that live in nursing homes, and that yeah. number is quite staggering. But it's just as staggering in the hospitals. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we kind of put our hands up and thought, why is everybody else saying no to this? It makes yeah. no sense to me. Yeah. So we went ahead and did that. Took that was a seven-year project to get that up and running, and not a single hour of any of that was billable um, mm. until the day they were out and were actually providing care. Right. Um, we managed to get them out in the height of COVID because their ward became the, the um, COVID oh. ward in, in our hospital, oh, of, course. Right, of course. Um, and it was safer for them to to 
um, discharged. So we had the house built, we managed to move them out the day. So I had my second child. Um, I decided to get a little bit greedy and go for a, a we call um, my son our greedy baby. Well, oh. we know what the problem is now. We can make yes. this work. Yeah. Um, so we went back for another round of IVF just as the house was starting to be built mm-hmm. and um, the land had been cleared. It was knocked down, rebuild. And I actually got a photo of my son and I um, just got discharged from hospital and I made my husband drive up the road so I could get a photo of him and I out the front of the property because <laughs> it had just been cleared ready to be built oh my gosh um so he grew up with the house yes oh. yes how beautiful <laughs> you don't like to rest then no no my husband always says that I stand still, still too long and I start another company it's like- oh I know it's terrible I'm the same I'm trying to teach myself to stop a bit but yes yeah yeah Look what you're doing for the community it's amazing yeah so yeah they're happy and healthy and they are absolutely thriving um awesome. everybody kind of thought that they would have you know, the quality of their life was as good as it was going to get yeah, and really? it's been so much more now. That, Isn't that amazing? Uh, have their feet so in grass. Um, oh, so amazing. And so, yeah, just and so the house has been up and running for how long now? Um, Since oh, three years now, going on three yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was quite mind-blowing. I think that's beautiful. And so you mostly do that and you still do care um, with other families? Yeah, in the community as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not- so, yeah, created that house for those people which is so they can be out of hospital. Yeah, absolutely. Are they able, are they able to leave the house or not really? They are, but it, it's with um, with a registered nurse as yeah. well. So yeah. then they, it, they, they can, absolutely, yeah. but then yeah. it comes with asking, you know, the government for the f- appropriate funding to support yeah. that, which is yeah. the red tape again. Of course, which yeah. you're good at trying to get through. Yes. I see, I heard. <laughs> um, well, that's amazing. So all of that stuff... Um, it's just brilliant. So let's talk about your book. So mm-hmm. the book is called Project Kind. Yes. And like I said, I haven't got it yet. Can't wait. I've, I've ordered it, but I think you said it's arrived at your house in a pallet and now you have to ship it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that, isn't that amazing? Like I bought it from Amazon, which is such a big thing, but, you know, yeah. arrived at your I house. I had to ship it to Amazon. <laughs> you have to ship it to Amazon. It's so funny. So run through um, your book and what it, the what was the thought process of writing it and the yeah the whole idea behind the book yeah um, so I was quite a journaler journaler um, and when my I was diagnosed with cancer I was sitting in my hospital bed it was the first day I'd been diagnosed and mum was about to go home she said is there anything that you want from the cafeteria and normally I'd be like oh mum's offering I'll take one yeah, of everything like, yep. um, but I was like oh no thank you I'm not hungry she's like are you sure I was like oh can you just get me a notebook if they've got one down there and she came back with a little green notebook and that became my key notebook I just right. wrote, and wrote, and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote great so I had pretty much all of that chapter already written um, and I'd typed it up over the years and whatnot. So I had a lot of that content already there. Same with a lot of the IVF process. I did a lot of journaling through all of that. So most of, you know, and it was my story. So it really just spewed out. I think I signed on with my publishers, um, Women Changing the World Press, in March and I had my first draft, well, it was my one and only draft, um, to them by the end of April. Oh wow. Um wow. so yeah, it was it was like a six week turnaround. But I had it all there and yeah. because it was my story. Um people say, funny. how did how did you spit it out that quickly? But it, it was it was just my story. Um yeah. and, and the lessons that I've learned. So I didn't have to think of, you know, 
what's this character's yeah, name? What's their yeah, personality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like a theme. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, the, the facts and opinions of, of, of how I've perceived my life to date. Mm, um, so I found the biggest struggle with writing it was probably I didn't want it to read like a memoir, like who am okay. I? I'm a nobody. Um, yeah. Nobody wants to read about a nobody. Yes. Um, so true. I wanted it to have value. Um, so I kind of broke it up into chapters and each chapter is a title, whether it's, you know, confidence, resilience, yep. um, uh, courage. Skill. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And then each one of those chapters is kind of broken up into five more little subcategories um, and so, like oh, and those subcategories are, uh, co- collectively of 50 lessons that I've learned in life. Right. So there's things in there that are, are of value for people, like, you know, not listening to that inner critic. And then there's more, you know, humorous ones like tequila f- flu isn't a real thing yes, yes, um, yes. <laughs> as, as we go through. Um, but, yeah, I just tried to really link it into um, uh, to provide people with skills and, and ways to cope through things or, or, you know, whether it's a habit track or things like that yeah. um, to kind of weave it all together. So it kind of goes back and forth in chapters um, rather than a memoir. But, yeah, hope, hopefully people walk away either, if not inspired, um, at least with a the tool there that they can um, utilise some Absolutely. some point within their life. Um, yeah. I, just wanted, I just wanted to share with people that shit things really do happen. Um, Certainly do. And... It you know it sucks. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. There's mm. nothing you can say. People always go, you know, do you have any advice on what to say when someone's diagnosed with cancer or when they're having yeah. miscarriages? It's like, there's nothing. Mm-mm. In fact, your gift would be say nothing. Do yeah, you know? <laughs> just be there, make some um, food. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, but to write that and just go, it, it's okay to suck sometimes. It's yeah. okay to fail. It's okay to feel like that. It. it doesn't mean it's true and I, I think that was the biggest lesson for me out of all of it just because you think something doesn't mean that's actually a fact I know isn't uh, that crazy yeah we are our biggest critic absolutely and that's the thing I'm always doing you know I'm, I pay people to give me self-help to try and figure myself out because yep. being one of three and three girls we are so important as a role model you know like we it's just so important. You see it all the time. But and especially young girls growing up today, it's just so confusing for them with all social media. It's not a real life, but they yeah. they think it is. But I think again, having these for me, having these platforms um is trying to be authentic and, and yeah. exactly like having a book like that. So many people are going through things and they don't talk about it. And sometimes yeah. people think, Oh, well, you know, yeah, but Natasha had cancer. You know, that's a really tough, that's a really big, you know, yeah. life certainly is you know like when people go through bad things you think oh someone's got it worse you know you're probably one of the that person's got it worse person (laughs) but you're probably thinking oh someone's probably got it worse than me you know and you you know what that's exactly what I thought I was sitting in the back seat of my dad's car driving home from the hospital after my biopsy and trying to minimize this big problem I had on my plate I'm like could always be worse yeah like I could have no arms and legs. Yes, I know. That Isn't would it be crazy? Right it's uh, crazy. Yeah. And also you're that light, you know, that at 19 you always felt like, you know, you were thrown in with this so quickly and the possibility of not having children and you would have not been thinking about having children. But yeah. as a young girl, I know I always wanted to be a mum. So then it's forced on you to think, oh, gosh, well, that's devastating. Yeah. Oh, I've got to try and save my life, but I might not have children. Like there's... And then for you to be able to have children, you know, is mm. don't give up. That's yeah. the other thing. In the deep, yeah. dark places, don't give up, you know. Yeah, like, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I love 
self-help stuff. Um, yeah. I go to any conference or talk. I've, I've seen, yeah. you know, Kate Hudson, Sarah, Wilk- oh, Lisa Wilkinson. It. Like I'll go see all of them speak. They're so inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. But you still walk away and go, but there is somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really wanted to be a nobody writing to the other nobodies yeah. to say, you're a somebody. You might not have cancer, but I guarantee you there's something there in my story, whether it's a shitty boyfriend, yeah. a shitty job, trying to yeah. start a business, yeah. struggling with kids, there's yeah. something in there that will be relevant with the process of what you go through to, to get to the other side. Um, yeah. I just really but, wanted to share that. You don't yeah. have to be a somebody to no. get to the other side. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, being able to use the word entrepreneur, paneer, <laughs> um, is it wasn't something that I thought of when I started my, my my start. I started my business five and a half years ago from just a passion to help mums. But yeah. that's the biggest thing. Trying to share this platform with other mothers, you know, yeah, you don't have to be in anybody. You know, like yeah. you just have to uh, have a passion, follow the passion, don't give up, and um, you can be a mum as well. You know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I always talk about this. I kind of lost myself for about 10 years because I fell into the um, label, not even a label because it wasn't meant to, is my husband is a physio. He was creating his business. We didn't have a lot of family to help, so I was a stay-at-home mum. Mm-hmm. And I did it, but I lost myself completely, yeah. you know, and so that's what I want to say to people too. You know, I was 42, 42, yeah, 41 when I started. So yeah. you're never too old either um, to do what you want as a mum, as a woman. Do yeah, it. absolutely. It, it, it mind boggles me when people think that their age is going to stop no. them from doing something. Like, no, I feel like if anything, age is on your side. Because 100%. You automatically come with merit. Yes. Uh, and with whatever it is that you're, yeah, yeah. With, with what it is that you're approaching. Yeah. And, and I, I find the term entrepreneur so icky. Like, I know, me too. I know. It's so funny. Isn't I, it? People always say, oh, you're such an entrepreneur. You have so many businesses. Yeah. I'm like, no, I just there was just a lot of problems I had to fix. That's right. There's lots of business. And yeah. but also then you I, know, I feel like that every mum is an entrepreneur. No, they could be. They so could be, exactly. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories and um uh and I can't wait to read your book and good luck thank with you. everything. Are you finished thank with you so having much. children? No more kitties? I am. I have two frozen and they're going to stay that way. Oh, that's yeah. right. You can do something with them. I don't know. Put them in a necklace, can you? Yeah, that's why they're still frozen. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, have a great day and thank, thank you, you so, so much for joining us. See ya. Thank you. Bye-bye. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave me a rating and review on our podcast. I love reading all of your messages, so shoot me a DM over on Instagram. I am at bub to sleep bub number two sleep i also offer a free 15 minute phone chat if you'd like to book one head over to my website www.bubtosleep.com.au and request one there so try to remember to be kind to yourself and always know you're doing the best you can every day no matter what your day's looking like until next time much love